Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deacon. And I'm Rebecca Hines. <laughs> and Lisa, I'm really excited about this episode. You know, this season we're talking about some of the things that we've seen uh, that have been impactful as, you know, across the country as we've presented, other people have presented, and kind of a best of. Yes. So today's topic, you're going to take the lead. We're going to talk about something we both do and both love, which is co-teaching. And I know this is something that's hard for a lot of schools, a lot of teachers, yes. a lot of districts to get around. You know, yeah. how do we actually do this? And as a national expert and somebody who has written on this topic and researched this topic, you're the perfect person to kind of lay out a blueprint. You know, where do, where do people get started if they yeah. believe in the model for including with yeah, I mean, the great news is some great new research out of Boston uh, University, uh, yeah, somewhere in Boston, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, but Nate Jones and his work in Massachusetts has really shown this impact of co-teaching, and I've really kind of tried to take my thinking about co-teaching to a new level, and we always know from Brendan Morawski and all the great interviews we've done that great co-teaching is co-planning, co-instructing, and co-assessing. But I've really tried to say, what's that cycle and what should it look like in each of those stages? And I kind of jokingly say the outcome should be both teachers are happy, but all kids are learning. Because, mm, you, you know, I've seen it both ways. You know, kids are happy, but right. nobody's learning. Or we've seen teachers happy or miserable, um, but kids aren't learning. And it's really, I think, the magic of those two. And I think you would agree with that. Right, right. So if I'm, if I'm working in a district and let's say I can't afford to bring in a consultant. Yeah. You know, what are some what are some some big picture kind of all the way down to that inverted pyramid? Where do we start at a high level? Yeah, so I I always like to think of it as like a, a closed loop cycle. And I think we often do parts of the loop and think that's enough. But if we really want student learning and happy teachers, um, that cycle goes like this. So co-planning, you and I do it, but it's quick, it's efficient, it's two minutes. Here is the book in. Here's what I'm doing for the kid who's gifted. Because that's what I think is the big sell for co-teaching. I think we made a mistake early on of saying, hey, this is so kids can be included. Well, you and I know when we see really good co-teaching, they're also hitting those kids who are at the high end of learning. So we plan really effectively. We're in a room together, but not to talk more. And I know that's really hard to say <laughs> with the two of us because we love to talk. But you and I both know learning happens when kids are talking. And so we have this really good parity of planning. We have this really good parity of presence. But I would guess 90% of the teams I see, and I think you'll agree, forget to really assess during instruction. So they like, oh, we need to find more time, Becky, to right. sit down and assess. It's like, we don't have time in the first place. And so honestly, like simple check plus minuses, thumbs up, thumbs down, oral assessments of kids, you love the tap back idea. But again, and then we take that data, and as we leave the classroom, we look at it and go, ah, tomorrow we're in trouble. <laughs> well, give me, okay, yeah. you keep saying assessment. Yeah. So you're talking about daily assessment. Yes. Are you talking, so, okay, so from a daily assessment level, walk me through this. So we're co-teaching. Yep. And we decide as a team, hey, you know what? We need to add a layer of assessment. Yep. Okay. So what are we assessing on a daily level? How are we, how does that really look? Well, I think that's the mistake. We don't assess unless we have that two minutes of planning to say all kids will produce this. And if all kids are going to tell us the relationship of the delta to colonization, boom. Now you and I know what we're looking for. 
We use a simple, like, one district check plus minus, and all the minuses now, Becky, what are we going to do about right. those minuses? I, I think this is the thing. I think it's hard sometimes to think of things like a check or a minus as data. Yeah. I think that's one of the things yeah. that's been missing just in education in general. I mean, has such a formal idea of data these days. So I like that idea of check, you know, minus. Right. Um, and who does that? Me well, or it you. depends. Yeah. It depends on the day. We can trade that off. But here's what often happens. You and I don't have any time to plan. <laughs> You're the general ed teacher. I run out of the room because I got to go to the next co-teaching room. You take everything home and grade. We give back to the kids the next day, and no offense, teachers, <laughs> but the kid who failed your class gets his paper and goes, yeah, let me add that to my collection. Right. And the kid who aced it already knew they aced it. Right. And so this is that constant. But then the cycle closes that you and I review that data with a sidebar. We do not. I do not see enough co-teaching sidebars with a quick little sidebar of what are we going to do differently tomorrow. Right. And when when did the sidebars take place? Throughout. Every 10 minutes, I should be, like, I, uh, you and I laugh. Like, we see station teaching, yeah. which I love, and the teachers, like, never talk to each other the whole entire right. period. So, again, about every 10 minutes, I just check in and go, how's it going? Be like, oh, it's miserable. Okay, right. great. Let's not do that anymore. And so this cycle says we did knew what we were going to do. We both are trying to do it, but we're not trying to talk about it. We're trying to get the kids to talk about it. Now we're going to figure out if they Got did it. or didn't do it, and then we're going to use that data and start over again for the next day. Okay, so let me operationalize yep. this yep. for a second. So we're co-teaching, and we need these sidebars. We yep. need a few of them per yep. class period. Correct. But we so need first we need the two minute the of what two, are we what are we going to sidebar about? Two so minute of like, what are, what are they going to know? How's your milkshake? What are they going to know when they walk out of class today? That's <laughs> yes, what we decide exactly. upon. Yep. Then we implement our lesson. Yep. Then we schedule brain breaks, and they do something independently for 60 seconds while we absolutely. say, okay, is this working? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. So we or, schedule in those brain yeah. breaks. Or the kids are rotating stations, okay. and we check in with each other. Right. So again, we have such good routines that kids know what to do. So you and I, so again, it goes back to that management right. too. But if we do that cycle of planning, instructing, assessing, reviewing, and put that back into our plan, we often say, oh, well, we need another planning period. No, we sh a lot of that, as you've always said, great coaching is improv. And so we have to be improvis have improvisation and say, four kids didn't get it. Who's going to take that on? Or everybody got it, but these two kids are bored out of their mind. Right. You know, and so we really have to think about those bookends as, as we review that data. What are we going to do differently tomorrow without saying, Let, we need a 30-minute planning period? I mean, I would love to give that to teachers, right. but if we plan all day, we never have time to teach. Secondary, at the balance, secondary level, special education teachers simply don't have enough time yeah. in a schedule to co-plan a full planning period yep. with every person they work with. Yep. So I, I, I say all the time, you know, uh, Lisa, you are the most productive person <laughs> I know, both personally and professionally. And one of the things that you told me uh, early on when we were presenting together on co-teaching, we were talking about this idea of 10-minute um, co-planning. And this is a true story. The, the, <laughs> I'm afraid. Yeah. So you explained it as, you know, you, you, you set a schedule. We're going to talk for five minutes about this and five minutes about this. Well, not long after we had that conversation, literally, we're on the phone 
and you're like, okay, I've got 10 minutes. We could talk for five minutes about our kids and five minutes about our presentation. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the next thing I know, we're talking about our kids and you're like, okay, stop. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even finish my stuff. Stop. We're talking about our presentation. That's called efficient time management. Well, you're good at it, lady. You are good at it. So again, I just want to go back one last time for our listeners and say, you know, the center of this cycle that I think about is you have to be happy. So if you and I, if my cutting you off drives you crazy, you got to talk to me about that. Right. And we've got to be happy together, but our students have to be learning. And so us being happy and kids not learning, our kids learning and we being miserable, is not great co-teaching. Right. And I think to do that, I know what we're trying to get kids to do. We both are trying to get the kids to do it, not us, not our instructional aid. The kids are doing all the work. We're assessing that work, and then we're taking that data and putting it right back. And if we just kept that cycle going... I think we'd have really great outcomes, just like what Nate Jones has saw in his study across Massachusetts. Kids make higher gains in math and reading when there's co-teachers present. Quick question. From the bigger picture, I'm an administrator. I'm doing walkthroughs. What am I looking for? Well, I think you're looking for those three things. Um, do both teachers know? And if there's an instructional aid, can they both of you walk up and say, hey, what is, what's the outcome today? Oh, all the kids are going to know what's a noun and a verb. Okay, great, done, right? And if the instructor says, I don't know, they haven't told me, that's a problem because there's a sidebar waiting to happen. As you're opening the lesson, I can sidebar with the instructional aid. Right. Okay, then we should see sidebars. We should have the opportunity to say, yeah, they're talking and looking at data. There should be some kind of data collection. There should be a lot of student talk. So I used to say 50%. I've changed my mind. Really high achieving classrooms, teacher talk is less than 30. Right. And so again, if I'm standing and talking and then you talk and then I talk and then you talk and then I talk, we got really smart on nouns and verbs. <laughs> right. But I'm pretty sure that's not the purpose that of the kids may or may not. <laughs> the kids are like, what? what? So you're <laughs> saying for an administrator, a quick co-teach walkthrough could include walking in and asking anyone in the classroom, what are you, what are you learning today? Mm -hmm. And asking any teacher... How are you going to know they gonna, learned it? I'm going to revise that. Not okay. learning. What is it you're going to be expected to do by the end of this class? Okay. Because I think oftentimes the learning objective is up there, but I want a kid to write a sentence with a noun and a verb. Right. Okay, yeah. great. So what am I going to produce? Great. So so I agree. I see I see objectives written on Everybody the board. Everybody has one. But, yeah, but <laughs> nobody is, again, operationalizing that. What is that going to look like? What's the product? Yes. So you're saying, I'm trying to give administrators yes, a tip here. It. So they're walking in. They're not just reading the objective right. on the board. They can ask, what right. are you guys working on? Yeah. What are you learning? Yeah, what are you expected to do by the end of class? That okay. should be the first thing we tell kids when they walk in the door. Seems and in the class today, you're going to write a, a sentence with a noun and a verb. Okay, and I'm going to ask you from an even more broad level. Yep. I'm a new special education coordinator in a district, and I have had success with co-teaching in previous districts. Yep. I believe in the model. How do I, what do I even start with? Like, how do we even start to plan for that? So I always call anything, any change, uh, a party. So whether it's inclusion. <laughs> and I always call it a pilot, but go ahead, party <laughs> I call girl. it a party. Okay. And I say, you know what? Don't invite people to the party that are going to put poo in your punch. Um, <laughs> because there's always somebody waiting to undermine your plan. Right. Who is your party goers? But don't rule people out. Don't just take the, hey, I'm Lisa Deeker and I'm excited person. Take right. the people who you say, hey, I've got a voluntary 
PDA, and if people don't show up, oh, I'm really busy, I can't make it, you don't, you're not mean to them, but you really elevate those party goers. Right. And then once the party right. starts, people want to come. But if everything is, oh, did you hear we have PD about this and this right. consultant's coming in? Right. You're never going to move it forward. I have found exactly the same yeah. thing. I always, I always ask school leaders, district leaders, let this be something that people choose yes. because all the research shows that when people choose something, yes. they view it differently. Absolutely. And when we execute it well enough, people are asking by the end of it, oh, I want to do that. And that actually happened in the very first school in which I co-taught because we had a great group of special ed teachers. We were kind of our own, we were our own party. You know, we kept each other afloat in terms of energy and everything else while we're trying to build this model. But we were fun to work mm -hmm. with. And so people by the second year are like, hey, how do I get a co-teacher? How do I get to have fun? Yeah, yeah. how do I <laughs> well, get a co-teacher? And my last tip would be, you know, this sounds crazy, but I say to leaders and administrators, Keep an, a list in your desk of people that you know want to undermine this. And don't be mean to them, but don't go out of your way to try to convince them. Right. Because I often think, oh, I can change somebody's mind. Yeah. No, it's really mind and behavior. And if they're not ready, spend your energy on those who already have their mindset and really just need to tweak their behavior. Yeah. So, again, you aren't mean to those people, but you don't go out of your way to, like, let me convince. And I think we often think, oh, we have to have a mass. Well, normally if two or four start, six to eight, the yeah. next time, once you get to 60 to 70 yeah. percent, and, and in defense of those people who are the naysayers, I get it. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. already feel overloaded. Yeah. We feel like, man, I'm not even prepared to know how to teach these kids, much less to add this model. I've seen a lot of teachers in that in that space, and it's not that they it's not that they don't care. It's right. that they don't feel like it's a good model for them at the moment. And sometimes it it does start exactly as you said. You have some success that other people can see. Yeah whether it's to go visit a classroom, whether to informally talk to people, because if I can see a model, sometimes it's much easier for me to adopt it. I agree. Well, if you have questions for us, you can send us a tweet at Access Practical, or you can join us on our Facebook. Thanks for joining us.